Welcome back to the PFC Podcast. The views and opinions you are about to hear are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else. Now on to the podcast. Welcome back to the PFC Podcast. This is Dennis and today I'm with Henri. How are you doing this morning? Hello, mostly well. Oh, very good. So uh, the reason why I asked Henri to come on is that he's a uh, Ukrainian medic and we're going to get some lessons learned uh, straight from the battlefield. So uh, Henri, if you wouldn't mind, would you please give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, of course, with pleasure. Uh, I'm a combat medic. I'm participating in the War Science uh, 14. And we get a lot of uh, experience and we start from, you know, from the beginning. We develop it through all this war. We had a lot of lessons. We had a lot of instructors which came to us and trained us. And now we get more and more experience and we still continue to adapt and every time uh, adjust to the current situation because everything is changed even through the last year. I do not even try to compare science with 2014. So a lot of things were changed during this time and we also changed with these things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's start off uh, with kind of some basic stuff. So what are the very common uh, trauma MOI that you're seeing yeah, so a lot of trauma present now. So you have absolutely whole like pattern of trauma, especially if we talk about uh, like last year. And but of course, it's the first place uh, belongs to the shrapnel wounds, and especially if we talk about the artillery shelling. So yeah, shrapnel wounds is the number one. Then we have like TBI. Uh, and, uh, like less, of course, it's gunshot pounds, but it also depends from the region because in some areas, uh, the, like the Ukrainian fights in Trenchia, the Russian always try to assault. And sometimes, uh, the gunshot wound is in some area, it's spread it also. Okay. Um, so how do those wound patterns, do they, do they change with, uh, you know, urban versus rural or are they essentially the same? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, or, uh, like of success, they changed a lot. Uh, if we talk about the urban area, they had like much more, uh, like trauma, not only from shrapnel, but also secondary trauma from the, you know, the piece of bricks or something like this. If we talk about shrapnel wounds, uh, in case if the uh, artillery shell reaches uh, some solid surface, the uh, uh, shrapnels uh, going down and uh, mostly hit lower limbs. Instead of if we talk about the uh, like some ground uh, surface they mostly go to the up and side and uh, mostly injure it like like uh, upper limb and the chest or and armpit or something like this so we have like such a big difference and uh, yeah it, it's it's easy to to see and it's easy to compare yeah i mean that makes sense you know you have an artillery round or a mortar round whatever uh, you know, hitting concrete, it's very hard. Uh, when it explodes, that angle of the shrapnel is going to be a lot lower to the ground compared to soft soil. Uh, the round is actually going to penetrate into the soil, and so your angle of that shrapnel is going to be, you know, a lot uh, steeper, I guess. Um, yeah, probably the, the most, like, uh, obvious thing that you have, like, the guy from urban area, a lot of, like, amputation or partial amputation of uh, lower limbs, mm -hmm. so it, it's, it's quite common. Okay, and uh, you also mentioned, you know, not just the penetration of the shrapnel, but it's actually, you know, you have very large gaping holes uh, compared to maybe what you commonly trained on, you know, in the very beginning. 
Yeah, so what we seem that uh, we faced and our medic faced with uh, non-typical trauma, which we like do not cover it previously in any like kind of training that it's like a massive uh, tissue which was turned off from from the body and sometimes it's uh, accompanied with uh, like uh, also bone like uh, fracture or absence of the bones and uh, some medics like confused and don't know how to treat that kind of the wounds and the another interesting thing that sometimes because of you know uh, explosive the like first wave probably with some shrapnel and temperature and uh, and pressure they turn off big part of the tissue but the second wave uh, in case in the, if it's like hits the ground or something like this it's caused that the sand or some other materials which was like under the like great temperature they burned this area and it stopped all like you know minor bleeding or something like this and it looks terrible but it's not bleed for now like for that moment when you saw it uh, but in the same times it could be some small penetration wound just from shrapnel which not covered by the burns of this sand with the temperature and it's bleeding and sometimes medic confused they don't know how to deal with it because uh, we have like obvious big amount of partial amputation which are not bleeding now but and he like focusing on it and in the same time he had like small penetration wound which bleeding and but like comparison to the previous big hole it's look like minor and sometimes he look like confused and not always make correct decisions. So this is the point where we try to uh, make changes in our preparation. So this is the lesson to learn that you, sh first of all, should better absorb all limbs. And first of all, you should pay attention to them, like any kind of bleeding. It, it doesn't matter it's minor or, of course, in, in massive bleeding, it will be like critical bleeding we should cope with. But yeah, if we see that big amount of turn of the tissue sometimes we could ignore it in the beginning of course we cope yeah. it during the old marsh algorithm yeah no that makes sense i mean this big distracting injuries whether it be a big uh big wound size or burns or anything like that that's just visually uh disturbing medics are going to focus on that generally um and it just takes uh, time and rep repetition training uh to kind of ignore those things and focus on march um so you know moi we talked about urban versus rural does it change at all during the seasons yeah so of course it, you know that in ukraine we have like the pretty cold winter and quite hot summer so of course the clothes will be quite changed and also sometimes even armor will be changed from depend of the time and uh, if we talk about the summer it's not a bigger problem to cut off the the clothes and uh, expose the wound and evaluate it and make a correct decision about how to cope with a current wound instead of winter when the soldiers we sometimes forced to stay on the like trench a long time of period they should wear uh, they not should but they wear a lot of like uh, clothes it could be first layer second layer third layer and many other layers and sometimes if they had like some injury it doesn't matter what kind of injury and if you want to expose it sometimes it's absolutely impossible uh, to get it and um so some medics prefer to apply like hasty deliberate instead of uh hasty tourniquet instead of deliberate even if they have ability because it's take so much time to get to the wound that they do not able to wait and especially because of like artillery shelling of position is quite like constant and the ambulance vehicle doesn't matter it's always oh, key sovac or it's medevac or it's armored vehicle and not the is not safety to stay a long time and wait evacuation time yeah yeah that definitely makes sense uh so speaking of you know, difficulties on poi so you you mentioned bombardments um 
a few times already. So, I mean, how long are these bombardments lasting? Yeah, so it depends from the regional, from the season, from the like current, like some particular position. But we faced with that situation when in some position enemy use so many like artillery shelling that sometimes evacuation wasn't impossible more than six hours. Like, mm. and it was not also like, you know, mortar shelling or something like this. They use long range artillery. They launch uh, fighter jet with bom- bomber and also they sometimes use a helicopter. And sometimes it's absolutely impossible to, for medic to get uh, uh, like some position and extract the casualty, even if they know that they are there. And uh, especially it's it's more difficult because like the any kind of evacuation trucks, transport ex- uh, extraction, like assets, like like ambulance, something. This is the first priority, like target for Russians, and they always try to hit it. Yeah, yeah. Uh- so uh, you know, that's some difficulties, uh, you know, POI, talking about the clothing, uh, especially in the colder months, you know, the amount of clothing that your casualties wearing is very difficult to cut through uh, to actually get to the wound. You have sustained bombardments. Um, is there any other uh, unique difficulties that you've uh, experienced just on the POI and getting to your patient? Yeah, so first of all, if we talk about the the some ground position, you know, trench, the if the weather is quite raining, is the ground like they turn on to the swamp, and sometimes you could easily lost your shoes in that swamp, and uh, it's quite difficult to extract casualty because sometimes the, any vehicle could not couldn't reach. Uh, that position and sometimes big piece of uh, rod you should cover by your feet and it it, it, it quite complicated sometimes um yeah. and other things that we was we were training you know to like we have point of injury we like uh, like assume that it's can the fire phase yeah then we think that if we take some cover for example another trench it could be tactical field care yes and we have some cover but in our condition the enemy quite often use the drones with uh, a special sense which allows to drop the granite or other explosion devices and if you try to stay in trench and provide first aid they absorb it and see that more than one person laying on the trench and they like use all their drones to hit the casualty. So probably a lot of medics was died or was injured during especially first phase of the war, trying to provide it first help on uh, on, on like frontline because they assume that it's like cover, but in real life it's look like, like it just cancel. Uh, but if the enemy still see you, it's not cover. So probably you should uh, find a better cover. But sometimes it's impossible, or you should extract them until you reach some like evacuation assets. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, before I get too far away from you know MOI and and POI, uh, are there any you know non battle injuries that you've seen that are very common? You know respiratory illness, especially if guys are very close together, uh, sleeping very close together, um, you know, trench foot, you know, any, any things like that. Yeah. Regularly we deal with trauma, but of course they also have like, all like we have some problems, something like this, but have a couple of problem on this stage. So first of all, it's quite, like difficult to find ability to force them go to the like any medical facility because they want yeah. to stay entrenched until the end and they just say okay good dog give me some you know some drugs and leave me alone i will cope with it um if we talk about uh food trench it's it's i don't know why but it wasn't like 
really common during the winter. Maybe it's common, but you know, in the old pattern of like wound because they regularly came and came to the like casualty collection point, not because of strange feet, but because of some wound. And sometimes it was the most minor problem for the casualty on that time. So probably during the winter, we don't really pay attention on it. Of course, we saw a lot of frostbite. Sometimes it was mixed, but if we talk about comparing with uh, regular trauma, it was not really like, you know, uh, important in that time. Yeah. If we talk about some res respiratory disease or something like this, of course, they, most of the, like a lot of guys had it, but still they just asked some, you know, some drugs in, and that's it. And uh, if we talk about some virus or something like this, um, probably during that phase, uh, they had so many stress and others that they mostly not really pay attention for their health condition because mostly the intensity of fire is so high and they just try to like, you know, survive. And in that condition, the immune system like try to uh, mitigate all this like secondary illness and focused on uh, like on, on survivability. But where we commonly see it when the like we took away the guys from the trench, they already like like just they like uh, got get to the like some relatively safety condition the old illness mm -hmm. starting to going up yeah 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 some makes sense. so another thing i've i've just uh maybe a day or two ago uh it was about from the russian side that uh you know they're digging their trenches and they're digging their trenches through farmland and they're digging yep. up you know, anthrax, um, spores, and that's becoming an issue with them. And I imagine it's going to continue being an issue uh, through as the as the season warms up. Have you guys noticed anything on, on your side? Yeah, so probably I thought about it. And uh, first of all, during the winter time, the temperature quite low and yeah. they have no chance, you know, to develop. But regularly, like, we are not really commonly use a lot of these chemicals inside during our, like, field working. So mm -hmm. it's not quite common for us. And okay. uh, I'm not really fast with it, but it's not means it is not present here. So just from my experience, I do not face it. Maybe when it will be more, like warm and when will the, when the ground will be like more warmer uh, we will see that problem but you sh for example we have a lot of trench war signs 2014 and this problem was not really common maybe yeah. some particular territory uh, could be more dangerous but it will be i i just my you know suggestions maybe uh, some local situation we will see but yeah. for now it's not really common yeah oh that's very good um all right so disease non-battle injury you know it's always going to be common in any kind of conflict and you know we can't just think trauma 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 we have to take in consideration you know the whole patient um but moving off of uh moi and poi uh what are some difficulties you're seeing um, going from POI and now you're in the CCP, uh, what kind of difficulties are you are you seeing? Yeah, so the most biggest problem, like I mentioned before, that the enemy tried to get any like casualty collection point, any ambulance asset, uh, medical assets, and if they see you know the medical personnel who tried to get as a uh, casualty, it, it would be like priority target for them so and yeah so the mortality during evacuation quite high especially in some region and you should always consider it so uh, the enemy 
mostly I have a lot of drones also. And if we talk about the field area, it's it's quite difficult to take cover. Some that why some sometimes the evacuation uh, from both sides, by the way, happen at mostly it's a like night time because mm. you could easily cancel your like movement or something like this. And uh, of course, it also depends from the season because in winter the trees haven't leaves and you could use you know uh, the forest or something like this. And um, yeah, it it is quite depend and um, about the the road and other most of road because of enemy have like priority in hostility uh, mm-hmm. and um, they like so like common uh make the artillery sharing of road the, the road is terrible so sometimes it's impossible to fast like just came you know this load and go <laughs> it was yeah. work like this because it's keep too much time if you try to use armored vehicle it's also like complicated and so it's depend of course from the region from the territory but in some region it's quite difficult like i said a long distance you should cover by your feet then you could use for example case or like armored vehicle then probably then when when you reach the normal road you could make exchange point and put the casualty to to the ambulance or something like this so it's really depend from the uh, like region and from the medical planning so you always should make the correct medical plan because from it could depend someone life yeah absolutely um so i guess how are you making coordinations is this like a pre-planned thing like uh as part of your medical plan you know i'm going to move from you know point of injury to x distance you know we're going to meet up in this location i'm going to transfer them over to you know an armored vehicle they're going to take them to another pre-planned spot where we're going to exchange over to an ambulance or is this kind of on the fly you know radio calls or or whatever so it's like always depend from the planning from the mission like dlp sure. procedure or something like this and uh yeah but in in most range for example for the field yes you try to elevate how like far the artillery enemy could reach you what what the mortar covered what uh location more danger what less danger uh how many people could extract the casualty so a lot of variety you know and every mission you should like planning from from the beginning because if some situation on some like area is constant in some direction like you hear probably this in the news it's they change it so fast that your like yesterday plan will not work together because position changed they like get more artillery they get more like fight jet or something like this and it will not the previous plan will not work so every day you will use so of course you you always will have some pre-planning but you always should make pace plan you know something like this and yeah. Uh, yeah if we talk about uh, like right radio like some uh like connection between the group it's also complicated because uh radio interference and other they like could spoil all your first plans yeah so it's also sometimes complicated so you always should have a lot of variety your base plan should be always like uh created before and you always it's sometimes the situation predictable but we do like our best yeah of course can't so, do anything other i, I won't give you I, I yeah i won't give you like some one answer but it, it doesn't exist so yeah this why yeah no, of course. I mean, life is complicated and this is a war zone. It's going to be yeah. complicated. You know, it doesn't just go yeah, like a be- scenario, you know? Yeah, but before full-scale war invasion, we should that we could like create a couple of the plans and it will work. But now it's 
everything more complicated. Radio station could be like could be doesn't work because they like uh, like make it like worse. Uh, the internet could be also doesn't work or it could be heated or some other. So you could like planning use your medical asset but sometimes is not able to reach zone what you have so you should uh, use the assets of like some guys who stay beside you so mm-hmm. a lot of aspects yeah if we talk about the urban area so they're mostly used you know it's depend some sometimes it could be like some case of or something like this but the main problem that it's quite big chance that your tires will be cutted by some shrapnel which just laid down on the every road so that's why you could try to reach uh, uh like point of injury but is when you try to come back your tires will be completely flat so it's also not planned so plan b it's armored vehicle it's also good but armored vehicle it's quite low uh, lo- um, loud you know and uh, so the drones will anyway will notice it and it means that you will have like direct fire not direct fire but any kind of fire on this vehicle so it means that it you should evacuate quite fast so they come you load and go but you could use this assets for a like long normal road so you should encounter that you should put the exchange point and if the, for example, armored vehicles should cover the long distance, you should put better medical uh, personnel inside this armored vehicle. But sometimes it's not impossible because you could put normal, um, you know, normal uh, medical stuff inside this vehicle because sometimes you will have, for example, one like complicated casualty and a lot of light uh, casualty, but you should load it per one time. So, you know, so many unpredictable things is that you should be really flexible on it. Yes, of course, of course. Um, so, you know, mentioning, you know, rapid turnovers, things like that are, is the medic on the ground generally going with the patient all the way to the CCP or are you uh, handing off to another? Or is that yeah, so it, it, it also depends. It depends from the unit. It depends from the mission and, and other. But uh, if you know, if the mission is over because we have the casualty, of course the medic could go with the uh, with the casualty, and other group will just uh, lead you or something like this. If the mm-hmm. mission is not over, you the medic, the ground medic should stay on position. Maybe he just asked about resupply. We don't, we regularly don't use nine line in our condition, but because we like, we have some constant warfare and we don't need to always like call all nine, nine line. We just yeah. simplify it. And uh, yeah, so it depends. Regularly on, on the like armored vehicle, we don't need some, you know, advanced medic. It's just someone who could like at least controls the bleeding or something is this basically take care about airways and if that if the rod which covers the armored vehicle is short so on the end of this rod on the exchange point they will be like some experienced medic which mostly should like provide better first aid yeah yeah of course um so another thing you mentioned in the other our other conversations is that at the ccp it's very often a mascal, and it's just kind of a a rolling mas- mascal. Uh, how are you guys doing triage? Yeah, so the term of CCP, it's it's quite you know, uh, not look we trained before like in our yeah. traditional imagine, but yeah, though so sometimes because of you know in in case of this armored vehicle came like once or twice a lot of people try to load on this assets and sometimes yeah. when any vehicle like came we had that once a long of a lot of casualties and um of course we should to make triage and um, it's not always you know looks like traditional triage you know mm-hmm. green yellow and other 
or um, delayed, delayed, and, and then any other. So, regular is uh, like the most experienced medic or surgeon. If if it's forward uh, surgical team or something like this, they try to uh, assess the casualty and find that one who need immediately like surgical intervention, especially if we talk about you know shock condition or something like this. Yeah. And then we have like more, more simply triage. So it, it's, it's quite, um, it's difficult to describe because every, like we have some special soap in, in, because each CCP they adjust and have their soap. So, but I like prefer to say that we not follow most. So I'm not seeing like, traditional ccp what i learned before uh i'm never used like so i tried a couple of times to use traditional yeah. triage but so because of you know surgical team was closer close to us and they said so it's a bullshit i take this this and this you who you combat medic go out here you have another job so yeah that's why. So where we do traditional CCP when we have some, you know, mass call on the field. So there I, I was ability to, to make the traditional CCP. Oh, sorry, traditional uh, triage. But uh, on like our CCP, it's regular do not work like this. So they have like couple priority shock, uh, mm-hmm. abdominal trauma. And so it's look like, you know, secondary triage after CCP, but they do it from the beginning. So surgeon came, okay, you, you, and you. And if he couldn't recognize the ones, they say, okay, you guys like cut the clothes off, vital signs and report me. So it's quite different. So, but one more time, it's only my experience. Um, yeah. And it's quite like, you know, limited. So maybe some other guys. Just from what I'm just gathering, essentially you're organizing it into three kind of categories. You know, you have the dead, you have the the dying. So surg- some kind of there's need some kind of surgical type intervention, and then yeah. you know the wounded who do not need to be immediately evac for surgery. That maybe we can handle it for a bit longer here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So immediate, late, and uh, I even forget all, all categories category of triage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so regular, it, it, it's, it's more simple in, in that case. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and, and a lot of casualties, they don't need like immediately intervention. So, and sometimes they say, hey, you medic, you could care about it. Like, like combat medic even could care. So dress the wound, you know, something like this and... Okay. Some surgeons sometimes just make, uh, how it's said, um, supervising uh, along. So they have a couple combat maintenance and supervise. Okay, do we do here, you should to do conversion and others and others and others just control it. So it, it's really a lot of variation, but I've never seen like traditional casualty collection point in and triage and like, like we train. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned except, except, except one situation, we create, you know, because we expect a lot of casualty, we create yeah. everything like we was like trained. Yeah. But when we get the casualty, they wasn't, you know, they mostly was every, everyone was like, like priority, not the immediate or something like this. So we don't need to, to perform a lot of triage, but yeah. So from my experience, I haven't like some, something like this. Yeah. So you mentioned on POI, obviously the number one priority is hemorrhage control. Um, yep. I'm guessing in the CCP is when you begin your resuscitation, are you guys using uh threshold blood? Or are you doing component therapy type specific? Like, are you getting that done? Yeah. Yeah, so we still have like some problem with the blood on, on, if we talk about casualty collection points, especially first, but it also depends from the region, from medical staff who presents uh, and like the trained medic who 
who've been there. But yeah. some somewhere we if we talk about well like casualty collection point, it's it's quite close for like forward surgical team. Sometimes it's the same. And some forward surgical team who had a lot of wrestlers and others they perform like blood transfusion sometimes is is cold storage uh whole blood uh sometimes they try to do you know fresh whole blood so you find mm-hmm. that donors they like created something like walking blood bank something exists like donor pool is not quite common but still someone tried to do it some it's not quite common, but it's it's more rare. But even some medical sets have like blood uh, on their like vehicles. Um, now it's quite popular dry plasma, uh, mm-hmm. but we we need to to find it. But we also still, unfortunately, sometimes use uh, the like saline or gelofuzin or something like this. So that kind of uh, fluids. And uh, yeah, but I hope soon it will be changed and uh, we will shift to the blood product. Okay. Oh. Um, so other than blood, um, are you guys get able to get antibiotics on board at this time, especially with the contamination of wounds from dirt and things like that? Yep. Yeah, it's a quite common antibiotic ceftriaxone. Okay. And, um, yeah, so if we talk about some like guidelines antibiotic like ertapenem or something like this, it is not quite common. Yeah, ertapenem. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's the most popular ceftriaxone because it's enough in, in the country because we try to probably. The main reason when we use ceftriaxone, they don't want, you know, to produce um, antibiotic resistance, something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's not always enough using only ceftriaxone. Probably Mm -hmm. sometimes we have some complication of it. But yeah, mostly it's priority on most of medical system for now. Okay. Um, so moving from the CCP to, you know, your role two or role two plus, whatever it is, you have your, you know, act more definitive care. Um, what kind of, uh, challenges are you facing just in the transport? You know, um, talking about armored vehicles coming from POI to the CCP are you using those same vehicles to then after you've kind of stabilized the patient to then move them farther or are you guys switching out different types of vehicles? No, because so yes. Um, so the front line is quite wide, you know, it's, it's yeah. hundreds of kilometers. And if yeah. you use the same vehicle, uh, the time of like evacuation will be long. So until you reach like roll one, then roll two, then roll mm-hmm. three, it sometimes could take you know, hours. So that's why mostly in, in most uh, situation we have, you know, like case of workers or armored vehicle from point of injury to the exchange point, mm-hmm. sometimes directly to the CCP, sometimes uh, like they like came to the CCP, uh, bring the casualty and uh, return to the, uh, like to the exchange point or something like this. And from yeah. the casualty collection point, it's like mostly roll two. Yes, sometimes roll two, like roll two forward, something like this. They have their own uh, vehicle. It's mm-hmm. more sometimes it's ambulances or something like this, which go directly to the roll three or something like this. Okay. So it's different like type of vehicle. So okay. it's a resuscitation team and other because a lot of casualty need some additional support during evacuation. So it's sometimes it's ambulance with some uh, recitation team, which like transport them to the next care of le- level of care. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's got to be difficult transitioning between all these different types of vehicles and the setups are going to be different and the sizes are going to be different and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 
Yeah, it, it, it's still it, it depends because you know a lot of like army vehicle, a lot of uh, volunteer vehicle, uh, and so it's different assets. Uh, the personnel is different, so the level of personnel are different. Some, some if we talk especially about evacuation from the roll two till roll three or something like this, uh, it's like mostly you know ambulance C plus class. And, uh, you know, in some ambulance, they have uh, enough staff. In some, they have less. So always we need additional triage, understand it, which casualty need like more advanced vehicle and advanced team, which less. And it depends. But mostly, like if we talk about from roll two till roll three, there are not a lot of problem. Uh, instead of if we talk about from point of injury to roll two. Okay. Yeah. Um, you also, you mentioned, you know, targeting of your uh, uh, ambulances or medical kind of transports. You know, how common is this? Is this just they get lucky or um, are they actually hunting down uh, medical personnel, medical transport? Yeah, so regularly, you know, the problem is that the, the Russian permanently use, you know, that big drones, which called Arlan, and they like constantly like, like hang on on the air and they try to find the, you know, the point where the vehicle gathering or people gathering or uh, like I mentioned, some vehicle like it's ambulance or something exists. So they pretty easy noticeable. And, you know, if they like see it and if it gets reached, especially by artillery, they do it with, with pleasure. And yeah. if it's like far, they like not really common, but as it's like, it's quite often they like, if they could reach it by artillery, they reach it by rocket. Yeah. So I know okay. that like at least like two times or like, some depend they try to to hit the 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 main like casualty collection point or like field hospital something like this and they like the benefits when like which help us it sometimes they use you know like some old rocket in these cases in the front line mostly and they regularly missed not mm -hmm. always but it, it's not always like to to hit directly like building or shelter or something like this, but it's still it, it it's if it's missed to the to the casualty collection point or field hospital, it doesn't mean that they do not hit nothing. Mostly they could hit like some civilian infrastructure or some other. And if we talk about from point of injury till like casualty collection point, of course, they try to, to hit it uh, because they understand that some vehicle regularly come to, to the uh, trench or something like this. So, yes, it's it's priority target. If they've seen that where a lot of vehicle gathering or somewhere try to hide in, they, because, you know, some exchange points, something like this, they also try to find out it and also hit it. So, it's, it's they it's try to do quite like quite often so there's the reason when we forced to like often change the exchange point and and does and spread the medical assets and it's also make more complicated evacuation of the casualty because you always should adapt change and other and uh you know during like full-scale war we lost a lot of medics so if we try to compare like for example, from 2014 till 2022, if we mm -hmm. compare the loss of medics, they lost a lot. Also, uh, they also tried to make ambush. I know at least a couple of uh, evacuation team which was in ambush and they was killed. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of combat medic. And, yeah. you know, yeah. So a lot of medical personnel died, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of other fucked up things that happen, um, chemical weapons. Uh, I've heard reports of uh, chemical weapons like carfentanil or, or white phosphorus being used 
Uh, do you have any any experience or have you heard about this? I'm no, I haven't like personal experience about the white phosphor or something like this, but especially in the beginning of the war, my friend whose diet, uh, they had experience about the white phosphor a lot. And it's not so common, but it's happened, especially if the uh, Russian uh, like thought that any news could like show up, show it up. They use it, you know, in Mariupol and, and other city, but they think that they blocked and anyone do not see it. They use all possible weapon what they have because they understand it is especially in the in the cities because they understand it is quite difficult to uh, to engage it and they use any like unconventional method to 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 fight so white phosphorus is quite common there like a lot of probably another chemical weapon but is not really uh common use because not everyone understanding that uh, you know, they use chemical weapon or not. So most of you could know about it because, you know, if it's obvious, if someone film it or if you see a lot number of casualties with the same, like, uh, with the same uh, problems. Signs and symptoms, yeah. Yeah, signs and symptoms. Yeah. So this is a problem. Yeah, yeah. but it's used uh why it's not common because now they like in most front lines they like the enemy so close if they use some gas or something like this they also like harm their own forces so yeah. the russia we know that not really like pity with them with their like soldiers they don't yeah. care about them yeah. but still it's it's good lead if you know they should count the wind, uh, the wind and other and it's it, it's quite difficult so they afraid to to lost like some uh, benefits on the front so they afraid to use this chemical weapon sometimes but if it's you know if they try to hit some uh rare position yeah it, it's it's quite common okay okay um so you know, you had mentioned you've been a medic since 2014, I believe. Uh, you know, from your your training and your experience then till now, you know, what kind of you know skills have you been kind of forced to learn on the fly? Uh, like, how how have you had to adapt uh, during this current conflict? Yeah, so it's a long way. It is hard to, yeah. to recollect if we talk about science 14 because, I, you know, I have some small break and other, not small, but quite big. But, um, yeah, first of all, about the wound pattern, we understand that our, like, standard training would not cover everything, especially, you know, there's, like, uh, trauma of of limbs when you of joint trauma when it's complicated to decide what to use tourniquet or packing the wound or maybe mm -hmm. a junctional tourniquet or something like this we face it not always like all methods are working well if we talk about the like for example even the junctional tourniquet or something like this complicated sometimes to find out that the casualty have pelvic fracture or something like this even the packing of the wound uh, sometimes is more complicated because, you know, before you always train on some dummies, train to pack the wound. But in real life, sometimes all tissue are, you know, disconnected from each other, each muscle disconnected from other muscle, all muscle disconnected from the bone and from the skin. And you try to pack wound as you trained but mm -hmm. you understand that you just moved on the muscles and do not stop the bleeding because you know we have like like back to the bone and to the heart <laughs> but when you try it it's not work well and yeah. um yes some other things what we faced is this like quite complicated um amputation mm -hmm. which are like sometimes it's like full amputation, sometimes partial amputation. 
and it's hard to understand how how to cope with it. And of course, you like if it's possible, apply tourniquet and other. But you also, if you try to evacuate this person, you understand that the lack you could lost it during the evacuation process. So you should try to split it. Uh, so sometimes splitting is is impossible, especially if you understand that the way from point of injury to to any like point of evacuation, you should cover a lot of like complicated surface and it, it could be difficult. So splinting in, in that warfare conflict is, uh, so we never thought that this will be so much important because before we thought, we know that splinting is, is important, but never thought that it will be so important in some cases. Um, airways problem uh airways problem was like not really common i was surprised but silly just my experience i know that some other had like a lot of problem with errors but mostly we don't really often use npas mostly the guys have spontaneous breathing or something like this but it doesn't mean that it's like common for everyone maybe that one who haven't like who have like airway obstruction or he just been unconscious or something like this, they're like their body do not like mention that they need like the recovery position or open airways maneuvers. And that's why he just choked by, by the tongue. So, mm -hmm. but mostly in evacuation fast, you don't see a lot of like airway problem. From other side, we see, from other hand, we see a lot of, you know, massive face trauma, which was like quite difficult, but mostly it wasn't a big problem. So if they have spontaneous breathing, we just set them, uh, allow them to set and, and they mostly was able, were able to control their airways. Mm -hmm. We also see some more complicated problem well that was for example neck was cut it and uh, and we we'll see that so the true here but in recovery position the casualties reached uh, like level two and was successfully treated so airways was not really common problem i was surprised about it but mm -hmm. From other side, some problem is like it's it is rare, but it's sometimes difficult to solve. Yeah. Uh, another what was surprise for us it's a respiratory problem mm -hmm. that we didn't see a lot of tension pneumothorax in our experience, but we know that some it's depend from the condition, but we see a lot of pneumohematorax. And even if you try to solve problem by, for example, in CD, it's not always to work. So we pay more attention for chest tube because before we thought that it's it's quite low chance that we are uh, was for, forced to to do chest tubes. But now mm -hmm. we understand that probably everyone at least should know how to do it and train it more because sometimes you know, especially in case of pneumohematorax is is quite common because a lot of shrapnels and other and and yeah um do you guys do so, finger yeah. thoracotomy yeah so mostly we try to do so mostly we do it on casualty collection point we do not try in the field but now we like pay attention for it like more more serious and probably we will change this in the future and like, like do it more regular in our training if we will have ability to train the guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, about circulation, what I was surprised and my dudes was surprised that we was trained, you know, that they're shocked that they have like, they have absent pulse on the radial, they like, a mental status was degrees and other, but in real life, a lot of person compensates the shock by different way. Someone like having pulse of, of like distal, distal pulse, but still like 
have normal mental status, something with it. It was like a little bit confused in the beginning, but then it's 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 quite easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also because of like you know a lot of explosion, we had a lot of like blunt trauma, blunt trauma. Yes, yeah. and internal bleeding, and it's sometimes hard. It it was hard to understand it in the beginning, but now it's like quite obvious. You just follow the vital signs and understand that yes something wrong we you should hurry up what also we try to do i try i i know that it is not the combat medic manipulation but we try if it's possible to to teach some guys to do ultrasound yeah. and it's not necessary probably in uh field but sometimes it could be useful in case if you have a long evacuation or something like this so yeah it doesn't mean that it will help you. So it will help you in case of pneumohematorx. If you have just yeah. uh, like abdominal bleeding, you're not able to perform, like, you know, some laparotomy or something like this. Probably it should be like for surgeon team, yeah. like for surgical team, or like some other. But still, you yeah. could no, consider I, I that you need to get blood. I think blood. it's really smart, um, especially for the chest, because... Uh, that that ultrasound will tell you definitively when you know just using your stethoscope or uh, just using SpO2 or some other kind of vital signs that can kind of lead you astray. Um, I think a, an ultrasound for the chest, you know, definitely very applicable. And even if you can't do a laparotomy in the back of a bouncing ambulance, um, you know, at least the surgeons know he he is already bleeding in the box. It, that patient can get to surgery that much faster. Yeah, yeah. What else interesting? It it was we always like teach that um, and learn that you know pelvic fracture called bleeding. Yes, mm -hmm. but what we find out that penetration trauma of the pelvic, yeah, it's also like cause bleeding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's obvious, but it was not obvious, you know, if it's front side, yeah, it's obvious. But if like side with a penetration water from the side or from the back, it's also cause like a lot of trouble. And it's also broke the, the pelvic and you should also consider, even if you have penetration trauma to split the pelvic and yeah, it's, 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 it's quite interesting and yeah. yeah and how we know that this is a problem it's also because of you know ultrasound we like understand yeah. that we have for example small penetration wound and it doesn't look seems like you know you will have a problem but yeah. after like you do couple ultrasound you understand yes definitely some uh, liquid in the pelvic area so yeah yeah and now we try to pay more attention on it um yeah. Very good. do you guys have txa yeah we quite commonly use TXA. so it, it we, we try to follow the uh like last t triple c guidelines so it's not good. a problem good good and wow. uh yeah most of med medication and drug were used yes yeah good uh as far as like gear wise um you know you know, when you're a brand new medic after training, you, you, you know, picture this is the way I'm going to set up and run. Have you had to adjust anything as far as gear and your kind of your kit? Huh. Uh, yeah, we adjust, first of all, the medical packs. So, yeah, it, it's sometimes. So we have like previously imagined what medical backpacks. So it's not really changed, but proportion of some like things are changed we add more packing material because like i said like that kind of wounds which turn off yeah if it's some yeah. limbs you could have easily apply uh tourniquet but if it's like you know shoulder or or buttstock or something like this you couldn't cope with uh yeah with like tourniquet so you have two options so you should add uh, more packing material or you should add the clamp mm -hmm. and you should know how to use it. So yeah. uh, about the gear, yeah, we have like funny story about the uh, like war belt 
the yeah. bullet or shrapnel, I don't know, hit the back and go out through the side near the um, near the joint of mm-hmm. of leg, and uh, one of the magazine was blown, and the spring was uh, was inside the body. Yeah. So a lot of guys now tried to wear more uh, Kevlar on them. So they use sometimes war belt with Kevlar panels. They uh, use the groin protection, shoulder protection, and other. And from one side, it's, it's really good decision. From mm-hmm. other side, uh, not really because uh, uh, because the casualty like, became more heavy. Like it's first of all, it slows him down, and the second, if he been like injured, uh, that chance to evacuate them like less. So you have two options: like drug him with all this gear, mm-hmm. and you will be exhausted, and it will be more longer, and you will be under more risk to be heated. Or you should put it off, and it also will take the time, and then and. As I said, like if you, for example, use the shoulder protection, for example, if you still have like some bleeding of the limb, upper limb, yeah, you could easily apply the tourniquet because you should take off the shoulder protection and try to put the tourniquet. And if it's like lower part of the arm, yeah, so you could like make something like um Deliberate tourniquet, for example, without cutting the clothing, but still, it could be a problem. Um, so, yeah, mostly some of guys, especially who in the trench or something like this, they try to add more, more Kevlar or polyethylene. So, yeah, cool. tourniquet. So, what we like offer the guys that they use, they should have at least four tourniquets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two by like so it should be in west in uh in uh like uniform so if you somehow find yourself without the plate carrier or something like this you should be able to find easy tourniquet and of course it's you know you should to use tourniquet without any package because i know that some still use it with package but if it's combined with blood and with dirty sometimes open it quite difficult yeah yeah um yeah and so we're uh we're getting close to an hour now um is there any uh kind of final lessons learned that uh, you'd like to put out yep so first of all like if you try to summarize trying to have more training uh mm-hmm. trying to con like watch more video and trying to analyze your own experience and try to prevent problem like before it exists mm-hmm. second like uh do not like forget your medical stuff or something like this so always better to take more than less uh mm-hmm. you should take like you should prepare like three kind of like medical gear for example backpacks some assault backpacks with medical gear and for example some like small like cls bag or something like this and of course you i fuck so it depends from the mission you could take another one and do not change medical equipment from one backpack to another you just it's ideal if you have ability to have a couple of, of it the thought like medical planning is like really important yeah. essential yeah. And uh, yeah, training to evacuate is it, it's quite so it's was underestimated. I thought so evacuation from vehicle, from trench, from like difficult surface, from you know, from collapsed building, it, it is quite important. And uh, should understand that you never know how. So yeah, so try to take care uh, in some like solid concrete building or something mm-hmm. like this. So tranchier is not always a good idea. Uh, know the procedure, how to load 
the casualty to any assets, medical assets, how to unload. And in our cases, you should not only know your level of medical knowledge, but a little bit and level higher to uh, uh, help and assessed by like some medical personnel or something like this. But because of in case of uh, Moscow or something like this, probably the medic will not have ability to provide, you know, appropriate help to, to your casualty. So you should know the basic procedure and he just like could supervise you and you will provide this help by yourself. And uh, yeah, and uh, better know the physiology and anatomy, like better mm-hmm. recognize the shock condition as a trauma brain injury and uh, yeah, and some additional resuscitation procedure should be advanced because in case if you have, you know, some light casualty, you know, not light, but not severe casualty, it's it's not a problem to cope with them. But the real problem became when you have one quite difficult casualty and you have a chance to evacuate them, you should know how to try to keep them. So probably you will go into the prolonged food care and yeah. it's like point where you should orient it. So if it's possible, use the telemedicine. It could be quite important. Uh, also, your pain management should be should be learned better. Like okay, yeah, it's sometimes it's complicated. Conversion of tourniquet, it's essential knowledge. You should know it and don't forget it. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, probably probably adopt and improvise because it's it's really important. And do not shy to ask additional medical gear if you use it before. So better to have some more than if you will need someone and you don't find it it could cause a lot of problem yeah absolutely absolutely well uh thank you very much Henri. i really appreciate uh you jumping on yeah thank you for invitation i was absolutely glad to participate in this Awesome. For today's podcast, be sure to go to our website, www.prolongfieldcare.org. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Subscribe and stay on the bleeding edge of combat medicine. This is Dennis for the PFC Podcast. Our boy is waiting there for you.